Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. and then it kind of turns into the actual podcast so like just randomly start recording without anyone really knowing that we're recording yeah like that's I'm what i right keep ex- that's what i keep expecting by look over and it says not recording <laughs> well guess what oh man 16 seconds in <laughs> and all we talked about is how we were not gonna know that we were recording, while recording. <laughs> hi everyone again for episode three of this is the cast our Mandalorian-themed uh, Season 2 podcast. I am your host, Christian, for The Workprint, and with me today are two special guests who have been uh, fellow TV Talk co-hosts for many different uh, episodes, uh, John and Denise. Guys, you want to say hi? Hello. Hello! And, uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about uh, Episode 3 of The Mandalorian Season 2. It is called The Heiress. And, uh, yeah, uh, we're just going to talk about how this epic adventures and quest for the frog lady has turned out and uh, uh clone wars we're seeing some clone wars and shit in the in this now which is really dope so uh yeah let's let's uh, let's talk about it and and break it down uh guys what were your thoughts about episode three well before we get into star wars did the name of tv talk change to this is the <laughs> cast oh <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, starting in uh I think May or so. I did a Harley Quinn themed podcast, if you guys remember. And like, because we were doing them sequentially, I didn't want to just keep listing TV talk episode, whatever. Because it's like, it's the same topic. It it just felt kind of like cheating. Uh, So we we named it to Harley talk, right? Okay. And uh, and so uh, I knew that we were going to do one for Mandalorian. And that, like, multiple people wanted to guest and stuff. And, I, I, of course, I wanted you guys in because, you know, uh, Cousin, you're the one who introduced me to Star Wars. So it's like, yeah, no, I, I need to freaking okay. talk about this, right? But um, uh, when I was doing this with Bassam, he was like, why don't we name it, like, like a fun parody of Mandalorian? And he actually pitched uh, This Is The Way, or This Is The Cast, because it's like, This Is The Way. So This Is The Cast. So for now, it's The Work Prints, This Is The Cast. And uh, as far as I know, it doesn't infringe on any copyright shit. And if it does, I'll just say it's The Work Prints version of the thing that I'm obviously stealing. Uh, just like TV Talk. TV Talk's actually a different podcast. Uh, but I say the work prints TV Talk, so that's how we get away with it. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's that's the long-winded version of, so of it, This is the Cast. So it actually took me, like, up until a couple seconds before you said that uh, Bassam wanted to parry, uh, parody on This is the Way for me to realize that This is the Cast is a parody of This is the Way. <laughs> Like, at, like, at, like just a couple seconds before, I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. And then yeah. you said it and confirmed. And... <laughs> it, it's, uh, his, uh, it was his brilliant idea to switch away uh, with cast. So. Yes, this is good. Yes. This, this is, is the, the cast. This is the cast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so there's, there's a lot about this episode that I absolutely loved. Um, however, I'm personally not seasoned in Clone Wars, if anyone had tuned in from the other episodes. I haven't watched it yet, which is a shame, because there's so there's so much of that, apparently, in this. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll break into that, as well as, like, our, our uh, what this episode's about, right? So, Mando, he gets back, or he gets to this planet to, uh, to deliver frog ladies' eggs, 
and uh, and we we see them you know kind of accomplish this mission and look for more Mandalorians. Um, and you know it, it's your typical adventure story. Like he gets this piece of advice, etc. What were your guys' overall opinions and stuff? Well, the first thing that I noticed, which is something that I noticed with the previous two episodes as well, is the um, the production value and the scope of the series overall has um, has just become grander. Mm-hmm. Like even just. Even just watching, uh, watching them walk around that um, that area of the planet, just seeing the expansive and detailed cityscape behind them, yeah, I thought was really impressive because I felt like, like yes, the the first season was really good and really beautiful, but I just feel like there's so much more depth and detail to all the the worlds and set pieces in this season. And also just like, it just seems to have a, a greater cinematic feel. Wholeheartedly agree. And uh, I absolutely love the little niches. They, they keep throwing Easter eggs in the season. And one of my favorite in like that opening shot, it's a great opening shot too, because like they're, they're all about to crash land and they barely avoid it. And then the ship kind of just like, like tilts yeah. over and falls into the water. <laughs> um but uh, one of the things that that it leads to is uh, they have to fish the uh, the the uh, I was going to say the unreliable. It's not the unreliable. The um, what's the name of the ship again? Sorry, the Razor Crest. The Razor Crest. Thank you. Uh, and uh, and you see uh, the remains of an ATAT walker uh, pulling it out with its like hooks and stuff. But like the legs are, are walking across the uh, the water itself. <laughs> oh, so- you got to be kidding me! I didn't even realize that was a modified ATAT walker. I wish I could have captured the look on your face when you realized. Because I, I just assumed it was another type of vehicle that, um, you know, was just designed in a similar fashion to an ATAT walker. But it would make more sense that it's just one that got scrapped and modified. Christian? Oh. Yeah, he's back. I'm back. <laughs> let's, let's just continue and hope that nothing goes Do you want wrong. me to mute? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. it yeah, keeps long... echoing. Now it seems that you've gone. Who's gone? Oh, wait. Okay. What's happening? I don't know. I don't I don't know. I'm, like, freaking out, man. We, we haven't even gotten past the first scene. <laughs> the opening scene. Which is only a ship. I mean, it's an awesome scene, but it, it's very short. I know. <laughs> it's just a ship falling from the sky. <laughs> so I, I'm probably going to keep some. <laughs> uh, just so people, like, if anyone who tunes in, at this point, I don't, like, I love you guys for tuning in. But, but um, yeah, making a podcast is hard, man. Like, this stuff, technical issues happen. It's, it's a learning process, especially when you're doing all the hats. Like, like Yeah. Know. So, um, yeah, I think we, we got this going, though. It looks like it's it's steady. Um, there shouldn't be any more signal issues. Um, I guess we'll just keep going. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember what we were actually Are talking. Are we still recording? Mine says we're recording. Yeah, no, we, this, yeah. the recording never oh, stopped. Okay. It's, it's like 10 minutes in now, exactly. So, But, like, in <laughs> between that, it's all jumping in and out. recording because it says recording. Yeah. But... Yours sometimes says it's not when mine does. Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I understand the confusion. 
It just sounded funny because you're like, is this still recording? Because it says it's recording. <laughs> if I wasn't sitting on the floor, I'd push you right now. That's not cool. <laughs> you would be one of those Death Watch Mandalorians. The warrior ones, not the peaceful ones. You know what's so funny is I, I actually don't know the difference. I mean, I do, because they explained it, but like I didn't know about the history of that uh, until now. I, I've actually read it read about it multiple mm-hmm. times but for some reason I just don't seem to be able to retain the information I think it's because I'm reading about it through Wikipedia as opposed to actually reading and watching the stories unfold yeah I mean I, I love Wikipedia but like there's there was so much expanded universe yeah. now it's condensed because you know they cut all that but you know I have copies of the original Wikipedia they were known Where? as the Star Wars Essential Guides. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that that's dope, but also probably, like, thousands of pages, to be honest. Well, no, at, at the time, it, it was very limited information. So it, uh, it was only, you know, a couple hundred in each book. There you go. But you said each book, right? That's the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess there were, like, five or six books. So, there you go. Yeah. That, that's probably closer to 1,000. Um, Mandalorian. That, that is how math works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can count, unlike our president. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, a whole so, bunch of Trump followers are like, "I don't like this podcast." Oh, fuck this podcast <laughs> for making me feel like a snowflake. Uh, <laughs> um, so Amanda goes on the quest, right, to talk. About, or to um, he he's, he he delivers the frog lady and to her husband. It's a really sweet, sentimental scene, and uh, they kind of give more hints. So the show's doing a really good job of okay, you get to a place, we'll give you a hint at this particular like next area of the quest to get to point A to point B, and uh, he he's hinted that there's fellow Mandalorians here, uh, on on the Trask and. That to do that, he's he's trying to barter a uh, ride with a, a ship, which ends up kind of, kind of getting like you know, uh, kind of ambushing him for his best scar armor, um, which is where he, you know things kind of go down, and then the um, the Mand- other Mandalorian show up, uh, which is pretty dope. And uh, you mentioned that they were a different sect of Mandalorians, correct? Yes, based on the history of the Mandalorians and the fact that there's a period of time that we don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure um, if they would be considered a different sect, but the the one Mandalorian within them, the leader of those three, Bo-Katan, was once part of the Death Watch. Yeah. Which was a terrorist mandalorian terrorist group that wanted to restore mandalorian society to their original warrior ways because mandalorian society had moved towards a more peaceful existence than their ancestors had lived and bo-katan was um was the was the right hand man to the leader of the death watch 
and the leader mm-hmm. in Death Watch was I don't know how to pronounce this because I haven't seen Clone Wars, but it was Prey Vizsla, mm-hmm. and he he for a significant amount of time was the uh, wielder of the dark saber. Yeah, and like his his ancestor actually cr- created the dark saber. Yeah. Which is a very special. We, we I've talked a little bit about it, uh, but which is again a shame that I, I don't watch Clone Wars because it it's like the uh, the sword of the Mandalore, right? And then also it has like a Jedi type of history, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because um, from what I read, the the uh, person who made it, um, I forget his first name, Ter- maybe Ter Tere Vizsla, mm-hmm. as a child. He was brought into the Jedi Order and trained to become a full-fledged Jedi. Mm-hmm. And he made the Darksaber as opposed to a traditional lightsaber. I don't know why. Um, but then when he died, the Jedis actually held on to the saber. And they like kept it in their, uh, their temple. And then his descendants eventually decided that they wanted that that sword back so they went and took it then it got passed yeah. down through the generations to uh the Previsla, the leader of the death watch and then at some point after his death um another mandalorian ended up with it and then she ended up giving it to passing it on to uh bo-katan Interesting. So Bo-Katan wants the blade back because it's a symbol of Mandalore. Yeah, because Bo-Katan became the leader of the Mandalorians. Like, mm-hmm. she was, like, Mandalore. Okay. Like, Which, um, Bo-Katan is, of course, Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Just I also fans. want to say that. I didn't... Like, at first I was like, wait, is that Starbuck? No, that's not Starbuck. And I was like, no, that is Starbuck. This is awesome. And then I went on on imdb and i saw that she actually did the voice acting of the same character in the clone wars series and i was like yes. oh okay that makes sense which makes perfect sense honestly. yeah um and katie, katie sackoff is just a talented actress in general she uh, is amazing in sci-fi shit because like uh we're all big Battlestar fans the fact that she plays such a prominent character in this in star wars as well is just fucking amazing and she's pretty badass. You gotta, you gotta admit, like all, all of the Mandalorians in this episode, they they kick some serious butt. My gosh, like uh, the four Mandalorians against the world, and yeah, it's it's like a super strike team of the sorts, you know. Yeah, uh, that's. I was telling Denise as we were watching it that that's one of the things I like about the Mandalorian. When you when you compare our our protagonists to the other members of his his uh society his or his culture he's not very good <laughs> he's not like all the others are really badass and like they very much showed us this in this episode when those three just come down and start just knocking these guys around and then we see it again or even more so on the imperial vessel yeah yeah and i like seeing that I like seeing him not being like like he he is he is a badass but he's not 
at that like full Mandalorian badass level yet. Yeah. Of all the Mandalorians we've seen, he's probably the sloppiest. Which makes yes. sense because he's not he's not a traditional Mandalorian. Yeah, he's not he, he hasn't been like formally trained. Yeah. His armor makes up for a lot of it though. Like in this episode they utilize that, it's like, alright. He can at least be human shield. <laughs> yeah. That's that's an earth detail that I really liked. I like that um like the the helmets of each Mandalorian that we saw were was different. They had like little like the visor shapes were slightly different and Bo Katan had like some like silver detailing on hers that was different than the others. No, absolutely. The details are really great in this one. And like they've they've uh, as we mentioned before, they put a lot of emphasis on the effects and uh, really just the intricate uh, design compared to ever before, uh, which is great because you you learn a lot just by being in this world. And you can't say that about a lot of sci-fi series, you know, where it's whereas something like prequel Clone Wars, you know, Lucas style was like, oh, okay, here's like a million things happening at once. Everything in in Mandalorian so far has been very particular. It's like callbacks to different certain moments, but also things that elaborate, like the dark saber. Uh, on like other timelines, the the designs of the Mandalorian armor, Bo-Katan's character, and, and the having these other sect of Mandalorians, which organically are meeting, you know, uh, uh, the Mandalorian for the first time, you know, here yeah. uh, Din Jaran, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, yeah, so like it's it's very cool. It's it's very well designed, um, and it's very thought out compared to anything that we've seen. Uh, I think in the past, maybe like what five six years. Yeah, uh, in terms of Star Wars. Oh, and... um, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say. Um... Something else that I, I really liked with uh, the, I thought of this because of you saying like the, these Mandalorians are meeting each other for the first time. Um, I like that they explain something that was bothering me in the first season: the fact that he was raised to believe that he couldn't remove his helmet in <laughs> front of non-Mandalorians because as soon as they introduced that in season one i thought to myself well that's not true yeah (laughs) like based on what i've read about various comic books and based on the images i've seen from comic books and the tv series like mandalorians take their helmets off all the time so what's the deal with that and i like that they explain in this episode that he was technically raised by an offshoot fanatical group Mm -hmm. or like a I don't know if they'd be a cult. No, they, they said religious zealots and stuff, so they technically fall under cult. You're correct. And I like that a lot about this episode in particular, because um, th- this, this season so far has done a great job of ultra- introducing culture to Star Wars, which, like, yeah, there was a bit of it before, but now it's like, we got to see sand people's lives mm-hmm. and stuff, and now yeah. we're seeing different sects of Mandalorian, which is really cool, because uh, you're right. Like I, I remember uh, the, uh, that always confused me, too, because... Well, Mandalores usually yes, they're they're known for being in their armor. I don't think they ever had to like forcibly live in it. And uh, one of the easiest ways to kind of consolidate all the different Mandalorian lores and storylines between the comics, the video games, and of course the movies was to introduce different sects of the Mandalorian. And it, it makes sense because you know, as a culture, as a species, especially in a freaking universe or galaxy far, far away, whatever you call it, um, you're going to have different types of people. <laughs> not everyone's going to be one type of thing. It's not like everyone in Hoth is you know. That, 
that, that was a bad example. <laughs> but, you know, it's not like the geography is where it's like it's just one thing. It's like, oh, here's this desert planet. Here's ice planet. The people don't work that way. It's like, oh, all these people are the same. No, they're going to have different sex, different backgrounds and stuff like yeah. that. And I think uh, they do a good job of, of introducing the, the, the diversity in yeah. season two. And the fact that Mandalorians are not, they're not a singular race. They bring in people from various races and culture it would make sense that those people like people of similar mindsets and beliefs would probably come together and end up kind of forming their own mini culture within the larger culture and thus become you know a religious zealot sect I also like uh, the Mandalorians, the way that they kind of expanded the universe, turned them into was like they were always supposed to be like the Spartans of the of the galaxy. And I think they do a pretty good job of showing that warrior culture so far in the Mandalorians uh, the past two seasons, especially this episode. Yeah. Where you see them in action, uh, not just a random sect, but like, you know, them, them, the uh, the 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 offshoot of what's going to hopefully be the future of, of the Mandalore. Uh, or the Mandalorians, I should say. Yeah. Because, like, they've done this sort of plotline a couple times in Star Wars the Expanded Universe, um, but, like, this is the most contemporary version of it, given Clone Wars and everything that we've seen so far. So I- I'm digging it all, all throughout. I'm-, I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, what- did you guys have any thoughts in particular or any hopes of uh, of what might happen here, particularly involving the Darksaber, which we know is in the hands of Moff Gideon, our series villain? I... You know, I'm just really excited to learn how he ended up with it. Based on what we know historically, the last person to have it was Bo-Katan, which is why she wants it back, because it's a symbol of her being the leader of the Mandalorians. Mm -hmm. And I'm just really curious to know how... Like, I, I understand that the purge happened, but I, I'm really curious to see how such a a fierce, formidable warrior would lose her weapon. Like, that that's supposed to be, like, an extension of her. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm curious to see, like, oh, it, you know, is Moff Gideon, like, this amazing badass warrior or like what what are the circumstances surrounding this well what happened was once he ran out of uh his his uh his crystal meth empire he decided (laughs) to uh start a revolution and remove all technology and then um lead lead an army there but that didn't work out and so he decided to join a corporate a group of uh, superheroes Mm -hmm. And peddle uh, corporate drugs that created other superheroes, but then once that didn't work out, um, he finally went to a galaxy far, far away and uh, stole this black lightsaber that has magical properties. Um, we all know Gar- Giancarlo Esposito is a interdimensional <laughs> villain time traveler, yes. and uh, he—he's just you know he's just here to create badass bad- badassery wherever he goes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to see how long I can go and like remember every villain that he has played so far, and I'm like, I think that's just those four that I can think of off the top of my head. But there's he, more. He's actually portraying a villain in. Um, I can't remember the name of that video game series. Uh, 
<sighs> I was gonna say Westworld, but I like because I actually forgot that he was in Westworld. He too. was in like, Westworld. Right, that was such a letdown because he was there. He was a badass because he's you know Giancarlo Esposito, and then he they just got rid of him. That was I think that was the that was the idea though. It's like okay, he's going to be the baddie, and then they kind of just off, and it's like oh okay, maybe maybe not. So he he like he just plays a great villain. He is. He's a great actor. Yeah. Oh, Far Cry. Far Cry 6. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah he's going to be in that. That's cool. You think you can go into, like... <laughs> you think you go into school for acting and it's like, you know, I'm going to be the most badass villain ever on, in the history of, like, television. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe. Um, <laughs> this has become a uh, Giancarlo Esposito as a bad guy podcast. <laughs> what would we call that? Giancarlo Esposito as the bad guy <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, all right, so we talked a bit about the Mandalorians. We talked a little bit about the, the Dark Saber. Um, let's talk about Baby Yoda because because you know freaking it's it's uh, Mandalorian. Uh, what did you guys feel about Baby Yoda? And I don't know why they would leave Baby Yoda with the family of the frogs because he ate all the babies. Well, <laughs> there's no one else that that Mando trusts on that planet. So, yeah, he leaves him. him. And but you have to remember he did tell he did tell Baby Yoda behave, mind your manners, aka stop eating their babies. I mean, he told them that too in the last episode and he still ate all the babies. I know. I thought he was going to eat one again. Yeah. Every time he he did it in the last episode, I was like, "Come on, dude, what are you doing?" That's that's <laughs> life. That's going to grow up into a sentient being like the one next to you. It's one mm. thing to eat the frog that's jumping around on some rando planet, but that's a frog person someday. I know. And it, uh, the grossest part was that the uh, the tadpole or the egg hatch into a tadpole and you can see him. He's like, "Oh, dink dink dink." And it's like he's just he wants to eat the tadpole. Yeah. <laughs> that's gross. Um, another thing that I just it just occurred to me, which is kind of disgusting, or incredibly disgusting, uh, and I never actually put two and two together. So, like, the idea was to get them together so that he could fertilize her eggs, or was the 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 juice in the jar already? Is I guess what I'm asking. <laughs> well, wait, you know, well, you know, what I'm applying here. <laughs> maybe the maybe the so wait, the eggs weren't fertilized yet. That's what I thought, I thought last week, I th- but I was wrong. I think right. I thought. He- so, I thought they were fertilized. Okay, that makes sense. And he had gone out to try and find a planet that would be suitable for them to raise the family on and also, like, for them to actually survive on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I could be mistaken. I mean, maybe no, I the think eggs... that's right. Oh, that is right? So, the, right. the eggs were fertilized and they were transporting it. So, that's even double grosser. Um... But I mean, like they—they they could. We could be wrong. Like maybe. Well, she she also birthed new eggs and put it in the jar, right? In the last was it last episode? I could have sworn. Or was she, was she just in no? The hot I think she. Yeah. I think she was just in the hot spring, getting warm. Okay. Just relaxing. Okay. You know, having fun with her eggs floating around. Then Baby Yoda showed up, and he was like, "Yum." And for some reason, so what I thought was funny was that she didn't keep track of how many eggs were in yeah. there. She didn't yeah. notice that so many had disappeared. 
Yeah, that is pretty irresponsible if you're like the unendangered species. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But like, to be honest, the reason I brought it up is because I honestly, for a second, thought, okay, maybe she's just dropping her eggs and that jar. <laughs> I mean, that jar, that jar is just the seed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, let me drop my eggs here and then it'll create babies. Or, 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 it's or the seed's not there yet. Like you were saying before, I believe. Like. It, it, it makes a world of a difference because that means that Yoda, little baby Yoda is either eating fertilized eggs, eating just plain eggs, which for some reason is the least, I think, moral, like, you know, wrongdoing in this situation. Or he's doing the unthinkable, which is what my where my gross mind is going, where he's reaching into he's frog reaching juice. <laughs> and, okay, yeah, I don't... And, like, pulling out eggs. I don't... <laughs> That's the funniest answer to me personally, but it's uh, see I thought you see, I thought you were saying like I thought you were gonna say you were worried that they fertilized <laughs> the eggs in front of baby Yoda while they're babysitting him. Oh no, no. And I, mean, I was gonna say, Well no, yeah. the you know, the dad could have taken the egg jar outside, done his thing. There <laughs> and by the way, there is a motion I just did to go along with that. <laughs> which was kinda like a whole body shimmy with like me holding a <laughs> container in front of me. And like he could have you know, he could have gone into the alley next door, done that real quick, put the seal back on and then Brought it back in the house, and baby Yoda was none the wiser. <laughs> That's true. So that These way... are all very distinct possibilities, but I don't... <laughs> it's important, because depending on what the outcome is, de- determines the level of disgusting yeah. that baby Yoda is. But, I, you, I know. but you know, to put our minds at ease, <coughs> we'll just say that they were already fertilized <laughs> before they went into that container, and the goop in that container is just... Just it's like the um, it's like the blue goop that Luke was in to uh, heal his body. It's just it's just ah. it's just like a it's a protein goop. That's not good. It's it, um, it's it's yeah. It's the uh, what is it called? The uh, placenta or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> the the stuff that keeps the baby healthy. I don't remember what it's called anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, we went pretty dark with this one. <laughs> So anyway, for those of you out there, <laughs> Baby Yoda is not eating semen-covered frog eggs. <laughs> but and he does want to eat the baby. He does want to eat does those it. eggs. Those eggs. He does. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is good. Um, oh, and a big a big uh, thing that I got wrong last week. And if anyone feels like calling me out on stuff I get wrong, that's totally fine. Feel free, comment, whatever. Please, please like and and take uh, what's the word? Consume our products. Um, they uh, they apparently are looking for the Jedi specifically. I didn't actually fully acknowledge that until now. Oh. Uh, for a long this time, I'm like, are they looking for the Jedi or are they looking for more of Yoda's like Yoda's race? Oh, but, um, they're definitely looking for Jedi, which makes a lot more sense, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Because when they kept saying, "Oh, he's going to take them back to hit their kind," and I'm like, "Oh, so they're going to find other Yodas and Yaddles and." Maybe the two of them, because they're the, apparently the only male and female of that species that I've ever met. But um, no, they're they're just bringing back the Jedi's, which is great because it introduces the Ahsoka Tano arc. Yeah. Um, uh, you you've watched Clone Wars a bit, and do you know anything about Ahsoka? Can you tell us a little about you know her story, etc.? Ahsoka Tano was Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. Gasp! 
And that's about as much as I know, because I only watched about five episodes of The Clone Wars. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Um, I It's funny, because everyone, everyone who likes Star Wars who's seen the series says that she's like the best thing that comes to Star Wars, besides, um, besides Mandalorian, obviously. Um, so... Like, yeah, apparently she's, yes, she's Anakin's protege. She, I don't know how she got away with the Jedi Purge, but she's pretty badass. And she, I'm just also wondering, like, how, how long she's been a Jedi, but not a Jedi. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. like, where was she during the, the war? Why didn't she help Luke? That's, but, I was posing those same questions earlier. Yeah? Yep. If anyone has an explanation, please feel free to comment or say something or yeah um well it seems to be pretty common that jedi go into hiding they just kind of reach a point where they're like oh you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go live somewhere by myself and do my own thing i'm tired and then they let the new generation take care of it yeah you know make things worse or whatever it seems to be the cycle i kind of wish somebody would break this in the star wars cycle um, but yeah, no, a hundred percent agree. It's always the same thing too. It's like, oh, okay, the, the, we did it. We beat the bad guys. The Sith are no more. And then it's like the Sith are back, and apparently there's a million Emperor Palpatines. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry for anyone who didn't watch the, <laughs> the new trilogy. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I. I, I I wanted to bring up the next topic, and then I forgot. Oh, here's the next one. Uh, what did you guys think of Bryce Dallas Howard as a director? Because I'm actually all for her at this point. Oh, I I actually missed who was directing. Because at some yeah. point, I was like, wow, I'm really liking the direction of this episode. Like, I've... Like, the, the past two episodes as well, I've really enjoyed the direction of each of them. But I felt this one... Did... Mm, well, the Ant Man s- director did the last episode, which is why you saw the the spiders and the ant head. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I think I like the direction of this one more. Mm-hmm. But I'm well, she not also sure. did, she did the episode where they introduce Gina Carano. Yeah, she played Cara Dune. It took me a second. Bryce Dallas Howard also in, uh, directed the one where they train the village to. Uh, battle and then fight the ATSD, mm-hmm. which is funny because this episode has the ATAT and then the other one had the ATSD. Mm. So like, uh, it, for, for some reason, Bryce Dallas Howard keeps getting the the best Imperial ships or best Imperial walkers, I should say. I like how uh, she seems to be really good at at uh, directing badass female characters, and particularly WWE women too, which is very bizarre that that happened twice. Um, Who was the other WWE woman? Oh, this one. Uh, it was the other uh, the non. Starbuck actress, the uh, the one who was in the, the the robe and stuff, and then mm-hmm. ends up being a badass okay. uh, gunslinger as well. Uh, yeah, uh, Mercedes Vernado as Casca Reeves. Okay. She's from the WWE. Cool. She's also pretty badass. So, uh, talking about badass, something I liked about when they were um, invading the Imperial ship, I liked how the three of them worked as a unit as they were going down the hallway. And mm-hmm. you could see that Mando was out of place because whenever they would press up against the walls, he would 
he would press up, but then he would like glance out and look, whereas the three of them would rely on just one person to look and give the okay to the others. Yeah. And they kept like switching, taking turns on who who was doing that, but Mando was kind of like I I guess the best way to describe it is he was like kind of fumbling along with them. And I thought that was a a cool way to show that these this group of people have been working together for a long time definitely man yeah it, it's because it's very different working as a unit versus you know din jaren being just a solo mandalorian yeah who wasn't trained sad face oh so um can we can we take a jump back to episode one sure because yeah. there is something i want to mention that, <laughs> that um i thought was pretty funny and I feel like people listening to this are going to think I'm such a terrible Star Wars fan. Um, okay, what's up? So at the end of episode one, we see... <laughs> at the end of episode one, we see a man in robes standing on a cliff, looking down, watching Mando ride off on his speeder. Mm-hmm. So initially... I didn't know who that was. And I was like, I looked at him. I was like, wait, is that Dengar? Like, are you're familiar with Dengar, right? He was one of the, the bounty hunters on, um, <clears throat> that they show in the empire strikes back. Yeah. Like yeah, he, yeah. he and Boba Fett were buddies in the expanded universe. Yeah. And he, he's an old looking dude. I was like, Oh, is that, is that Dengar? Why isn't he wearing his armor? Who is this old guy? And then, like, later on that night, I decided to um, look up some stuff about Boba Fett because I was like, you know, is... Like, I was wondering about... um, I was wondering uh, about Boba Fett escaping the uh, Sarlacc pit because that happens in the comics. And I was trying to remember which comic it was. And so I went on Wikipedia and I went to Boba Fett's page and I saw the image of that guy that I thought was could possibly be Dengar. And I was like, wait, that was Boba Fett? And I was just so taken aback. And then I felt really bad because I was like, wow, I'm a terrible Star Wars fan. But when I talked about it with Denise, I realized for me, Boba Fett is not that actor like that actor's face the face that we recognize as Jengo Fett to me Boba Fett is the faceless bounty hunter that you recognize through his armor yeah so that's why like I saw this guy I was like I don't I don't get it who is this <laughs> but anyway I just I just felt like I need to tell that story <laughs> and I I appreciate it. To be honest, I uh I couldn't tell it was him either until I saw it from a different angle and I'm like, "Wait. Wait, that's the dude from Clone Wars." And it, it all kind of snapped in uh in place for for me there. Um or not at the Clone Wars, I should say Attack of the Clones cuz yeah, cuz then it's like, "Oh, okay, it's it's the actor who plays uh who plays all the fets." Yeah. So But 
Interesting that you mentioned Dengar because there's actually a bunch of figurines that uh, my friend, also a former podcaster here, then uh, he um, he does a lot of Star Wars action figures now. And there was a character that because he he has a lot of heads for different like facial expressions and stuff that he's like sculpting and stuff. And so that was what he, he was trying to paint. Uh, long story short, there there was a character with like a burnt face who came with a Mandalorian set. Apparently, there's like a Star Wars like clone trooper Mandalorian like type set where they have everyone with armors, and there's this character with like a burnt face who I think uh, we couldn't figure out who it was at all. Um, and since you brought up this person, I just Google searched it, yeah, and probably surely enough, that's actually who we were missing. So I just sent him a text saying, "Dude, that's who it is." Anyway, thank you for that bit of information because this is something that's been bothering us for three days. So there you go. Wait, um, so it didn't actually say Dengar on the packaging. Now, well, the packaging comes with different like uh, clones and and uh, and Mandalorian type troopers, and with that template of uh, what's his name, who's Boba Fett, um, or I should say, both Boba Fett and uh, and Jango Fett, and uh, so yeah, so they they have different like expressions and stuff, but like they, they don't really tell you who's who, and for some uh, reason that face kind of stood out like a th- sore thumb. But I'm pretty sure that's him because the face matches. Yeah. Um. But the ang- the angles are different though in the in the action figures, but it doesn't make any sense for it to be anyone else. Is his head wrapped in bandages? His head has a weird design where it looks like there's a thing over it. So like it could be like a bandage that you put over the the plastic mold to make the bandage, but like the face is like spot on, kind of mm. similar. Okay. Um. So yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like um. You know, Buzz Lightyear, how he has that wrap around his head. Mm-hmm. That's what this figure it looks like like there's supposed to, uh, there's like a wrap around his head but you can okay. easily put stick on top of it yeah so that's I'm thinking that that's probably Dengar yeah cause like I'm, I'm just trying to think what other Mandalorian type figure would fit and like looking at Dengar I'm like yeah that, that's pretty spot on the armor is very similar the uh it's just the face that stands out really um <laughs> we've cut on so many tangents <laughs> it doesn't help that this podcast is now cut uh, cut out like twice so like uh, is there anything that we missed the, for this episode that you guys want to talk about? Um, maybe uh, real quickly the um, the actor from Lost who played the uh, the uh, the Man in Black. The no the oh yeah yeah the Man in Black you're right you're right yes yes the Man in Black smoke monster yeah what did you guys think of his cameo in this one? Say that again. Oh, I said what did you think of the cameo and and his role? Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like seeing I like seeing how many familiar faces they're gonna put yeah. into the show as possible. Did you catch the one um, from episode one, the uh, the gambler? No, I missed it. Uh, could you emphasize that is David Cho, who <laughs> he um, he was hired by Facebook to do uh, artwork on their original office. And uh, in lieu of payment, he was just like, yeah, you know what? Just pay me in stock and shares of the company. So, oh. you know, when Facebook went public, he's... He became super rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, he... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he's like a... He's a big gambler, so, you know, he made his cameo as someone gambling in the... Uh, Scene. Yeah, he was a gambling alien. That's dope. He's a really good artist. He does cool work. Uh, could you? What was his name again? Sorry. David Cho. David Cho. All right. He um, 
He also uh, podcasts with the chef David Chang quite a bit because they're friends. The Davids. I kind of dig it. Actually, do they have a podcast together called Mm -hmm. The Davids? Oh, okay. They just do The David Chang Show. I think he only did one episode. Oh. I'm looking at his art now. It looks very cool. Very very graffiti style. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's just kind of like, I don't know, like all the food shows that I've seen him on. Well, I guess all the David Chang food shows I've seen him on. He's, I don't know, he's just kind of a... He's a really down-to-earth dude, but, like, he's eccentric in, like, the way he dresses and just goes about doing things. But that's it. That's my story. Now, uh, I also wonder, too, because they had some graffiti art in this this earlier, so I do wonder if that was some of the first Oh, you mean in the first episode? I was wondering that, too. Yeah. But... I would be surprised if that was... Gotta look that up we'll now. find out on Disney Plus's Behind the Mandalorian. Oh season yeah, I two. want to watch that too. Yeah. I just started watching the season one one. I assume they'll do a season two one because you know it's, a, it's the easily Disney's biggest show. Yeah. Um. Speaking of which, uh, at some point uh, we knew that there were going to be two guest directors in this one. Uh, sadly, Taika Waititi is not returning for this season, but um. They were able to get the Ant-Man director, which we saw last episode. Um, I can't remember his name. Give me one second. Their names are so bad for me. It's uh... which one did uh, he Peyton direct wow. in the Take first season? What's that? Which one did he direct in the first season? Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did the season finale. Oh, which was dope. And he also he was uh, he was the I think a stormtrooper if I remember correctly. No, he was he was the IG droid. Yeah. Oh yes, you're right. He was the IG droid in the beginning. Yes. So he did the first episode in it acting, and then he did um, he directed the the season finale, which was amazing. Actually, if I remember correctly, the season finale opens with the two the two uh, stormtroopers in the desert just trying to shoot the thing. A little. Pew, pew. Yeah, and they keep missing. Yeah, well, they, that's that's totally a Taika moment. Yeah. which makes sense. Um. All right. So they lost Taika for this season because he's very busy. I mean, the guy, the guy's career just blew up. And... Yeah, he won an Oscar, and he did the Thor's. Oh, and he's yeah. still doing the Thor's. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Uh, the, oh, right. So, um, but this season they're gonna have Robert Rodriguez, which I'm really oh, excited really? about. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually trying to plan that one out. That one would uh, be with... like a really fun episode because he does yeah. a lot. Of... Yeah. A lot of what? No, because I'm thinking of his other movies, and it would be perfect if he directed. Absolutely. Um, for those who don't know Robert Rodriguez, which is weird, but it's I guess I have to say it because <laughs> he's unfortunately old. Not unfortunately, but he's older in terms of fame now. Um, he, he's the guy who did the uh, the Desperado trilogy with Antonio. He's the guy who introduced An- Antonio Banderas to society. He also did Spy Kids and... Um, did he... From Dust Till Dawn. He's known for being best friends with Quentin Tarantino, uh, who they both share, share similar directional indie, you know, shootout styles. Um, but he also is uh, just really good at kind of doing the gritty uh, Western type, uh, Mexican standoff type stuff, mm-hmm. just like Tarantino. So um, super excited for him to be here. Super excited to see him uh, direct Pedro Pascal. I think that's mm-hmm. a really good one-two punch. 
that hopefully will lead to other Hispanic representation and also just future movies and plans down the line because I think the two of them together uh, I, I just can't wait to see it personally because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I praise both of them very highly uh, and I think this is kind of awesome because honestly in a lot of ways I kind of see Pedro as the next Antonio Banderas yeah, me too. so I'm like okay this this makes sense in like every way possible um but yeah, so he, he's supposed to direct an episode. I'm assuming it's going to be a, a very Western shootout episode because, again, that's what he does best. Um, yeah, that would be cool. I yeah. I think I also... I think somewhere I recently saw that Robert Rodriguez is um, going to be directing uh, like a superhero series of some sort. Really? Yeah, maybe I should uh, fact check that before... No, I'm, I'm before you publish this you, and you know. get people excited, I can't. Why can't I spell Rodriguez? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like R O D R I G E U E S S. Rodriguez. I don't know where my my brain is. Yeah, Netflix much. reveals first look at Robert Rodriguez's new superhero movie. I mean, it makes oh, sense. Sweet. Oh wait, Pedro Pascal is in it. Oh, cool! There you go, folks. If you didn't know. That's they're gonna work why together. It stood out to me. Yeah. What is a uh, family superhero movie? We can be heroes. Oh yes, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that looks awesome. When Al- I also really love the Lita Battle Angel. I really hope they do a sequel, but I doubt it. To be honest, uh, you don't think Does they'll do, do a sequel? Nah, like it's it's borderline. It like made just enough to satisfy people, but it didn't earn the killer profit. Uh, that I I like that a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, which uh, again, more proof that Robert Rodriguez can do sci-fi because he did Alita, and Alita was fantastic. Um, so I I don't know. I, I'm I'm desperately trying to pitch him to. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm pitching at this point. I'm just like, wait, they are doing a thing together. So what am I asking for? <laughs> Uh, okay. I guess maybe that's a sign that I think we've run out of things, or I've at least run out of things to say. Uh, yeah. I guess a natural conclusion would be <clears throat> final thoughts and, and stuff on this episode? And what well, are you hoping for in the next one? Oh, that's that's what I was going to say. If we have any theories as to where the show is headed. Okay, theories first, then we'll do final thoughts. Well, I'm just, I'm just wondering, do you guys have theories? Like, we know Boba Fett's going to get involved somehow we don't know we just know that he showed up me and Bilal disagreed on if you well you guys I think you did listen to like last week um, me and Nicole very much think you introduce Boba Fett you gotta it's like introducing the sword you have to use it or something mm-hmm. you, know, you put the gun in the room it has to go off right that's the, the, the phrase in Hollywood um, so like yeah you introduce Boba Fett you have to introduce him in the season he says maybe it was just a cameo maybe it was just <laughs> hey that was cool the end uh, but why would they Mm. Jay, that's that's kind of where I'm yeah. at too. I'm like, I don't. I think you have to use him because you wouldn't just show him for no reason. Yeah. But they've gone so far away from Tatooine now. That I don't. I actually don't know if they're gonna have him anymore. I'm like, oh, oh, you know, like I'm a little on the fence and sad about unless, it. Unless we'll see. Unless. Now I don't know why he would be doing this because he seems like he wants nothing to do with. I don't know his old life since he's living in the middle of nowhere on Tatooine. Um, I was going to say, unless he's following uh, Mando for some reason. That's what I was hoping would happen. But I don't know if he would, like, care about his armor that much to go 
follow him because obviously like he was wearing it when he crawled out of the pit right Mm -hmm. and i doubt some jawas were able to get it off of him he he, like he probably gave it up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't know i don't know what i don't know if my theory well it's not really my theory it's just something i'm throwing out there i don't know if he would actually be following him or because it's Star Wars, maybe they end up on Tatooine again. It seems like everything comes back to Tatooine. <laughs> Any theories, Cuz? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just enjoying it and seeing where it goes. I mean, I'm I'm totally enjoying it too. Uh, I I think that at some point they have to introduce it. I I do hope that um, the Boba Fett and and Moff Gideon. Uh, meet and interact in some way, shape, or form because it feels very Vader Boba Fetty to me. Mm. For, to me, Moff Gideon's just Vader surrogate, you know, in this one. Yeah, he's not as badass, obviously, because he doesn't, you know, wield force and stuff. But he, he is pretty, pretty dope, pretty menacing. Um, oh, there was a there was a George Lucas thing that I had to share real quick before we went to final thoughts. Give me a second; I need to remember. I'm surprised uh, Mando's ship still. Flies. It's well, held it, it, together it, by nets. Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need for your spaceship to work, right? You just just wrap some nets around it, like wrap some nets inside. Oh, some squids get in. That's fine. It'll fly. <laughs> you know, it's a thousand credits well spent. Now I remember. Um, apparently. Give me one second. I just got to double check to make sure that I get this right. I wonder if Mando's going to get a different ship. Because I feel like at some point... so <laughs> that thing's going to fall apart. Yeah. So, it reminds me of this vehicle that I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a green 1998 Accord <laughs> with almost 300,000 miles on it. Wow. Not a spaceship, unfortunately. But, you know, that... That car... It it would not die. It would just... It would keep going. But eventually, you know, like... Repairs get costly. You have that light that you keep, like, fiddling with and turning off so you can get through an inspection. And eventually that just stops not working anymore. The light just won't stay... The light burns out, making you think that maybe you can get it through inspection because the bulb is burned out and they won't notice. (laughs) But no, they have they they, they're computers in cars and they scan them and they tell them that the bulb is just burned out. And you're like, damn, they got me. (laughs) So anyway, eventually you just have to you just have to take all that tip money you earned in the past two years and put a down payment on a new vehicle to replace the one that just isn't worth putting money in anymore because it's 20 years old and has almost 300,000 miles on it and just it, it won't behave properly anymore. It'll it'll randomly... The alarm will randomly go off and it'll just keep honking and honking. In the middle of the night... In the middle of the night, wind will set your alarm off. <laughs> what? 
And then Wasn't something held together with a zip tie? <laughs> your windshield wiper handle will be held together with a zip tie. Just like nets in a spaceship. <laughs> and and you know, that you you realize you realize that you're able to come up with this really clever zip tie solution months after you've been using a rope tied around your windshield wiper handle tied around something else within your vehicle to keep the windshield wipers running while it's raining which would probably make some people think you're a serial killer when they get in your car and they just see all this rope in there (laughs) and um yeah you know eventually you just you're just like you know what I think it's time. I think it's time to send this this vehicle out to pasture. And I think um, I you know think what it's like to have your own razor crest. I think I think I know what's coming for the razor crest. I think the razor crest is going to go the way of the green hornet. And get donated. And to it's going to get kids. it's going to get donated to to cars for kids or or ships for kids. Whatever they have in the Star Wars universe that is equivalent. Ships for Jawas. I don't know. But, yeah. yeah. And it'll probably, I, you know, and maybe it'll have a nice send-off, too, where where Mando gets into it, and he's, like, going to move it to a certain location so that the, the person picking it up for the donation can easily get to it. And he'll get in, he'll start it up, and he'll go to, like, put it into to first thruster gear and it just it won't do anything it just it won't it won't go into that gear it'll just stay there and shudder and then he'll say ah well that's it and he'll turn it off and uh pick up baby yoda and then (laughs) just just walk away and hopefully get into his new vehicle that he has because that's that was a... always helpful to have the new vehicle before you retire the old one. Otherwise, you end up having to share a spaceship with a family member for several months, and you can't bounty hunt that way. You can't you can't complete your quests when you have to adhere to someone else's daily schedule. It's just it's not worth. It's not. It's uh uh, Man- was... Mando, get a new ship now. John, that was a stronger projection than Luke Skywalker versus uh, Ben Ben Solo. I can't remember his name. Damn it, Darth uh, whatever Darth email boy. I can't remember. Kylo Ren. Oh. Kylo Ren. Wow, <laughs> Darth Kylo Ren. Yeah, that was that was more projection than uh, well, the joke doesn't work as strong anymore. But yeah, yeah, you, you kind of you kind of Luke me. projecting versus Kylo Ren because he astral projected in their battle. Okay, so I am astral projecting. Through the force, my guidance for you're you're for projecting Mando. so much that it outdoes Luke's epic. I'm here, but I'm not. Moment of projection that that was like the highest known projection in Star Wars history, and you've now topped that. Well, hopefully, Mando <laughs> receives my message. <laughs> oh, um the one th- <laughs> the one thing I was able to Google search real quick. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, we were Ma- talking about <laughs> something, weren't we? Yeah, that's fine. To be honest, it took me a minute to to find all the details. Darth Maul was supposed to be some epic, uh, evil gangster bad guy in Lucas's original drafts, and he's supposed to be some villain 
Uh, kind of like the replacement of the Jabba the Hutt on uh, Tatooine, oh. which you, you kind of see hints of in, in Solo. Uh, for those yeah, guys, because so. like I, I had mentioned to you earlier, um, at the end of Solo, I was really confused when I saw Darth Maul. And the people sitting behind <laughs> me got really excited. And I was like, what are you guys getting excited about? This is just bizarre. And I went home and went on Wikipedia and I saw that there's this like amazing storyline involving Darth Maul within the Clone Wars series. And yeah, he he's he ends up becoming a crime lord. Yeah. After, you know, ruling a planet. Um Yeah. Also after like losing the lower half of the story of his body. But yeah, so um the reason I brought it up is cuz I believe somewhere along the line some of the original intentions were to hopefully have Boba work for him. Oh. Um but that all kind of got thrown out once the new trilogy came. So What could have been? What could have been? But uh what could have been yeah. will never be. I mean, they kind of they they put some of it in solo, so uh, that's the thing is like when ideas don't work out, you kind of just recycle them. That's kind of how the industry works, right? So. Yeah. The sigh, and it's pretty dope so far. Uh, a lot introduced in this episode, uh, particularly about the, the the Clone War bridging. I'm I'm very excited to see um, uh, Rosario Dawson uh, in next episode. Okay, so I, I assume that's yeah. so. I had um, read months ago that she might be portraying Ahsoka Tano. I, be- I believe uh, they're going with her for the most part. And, and, like it makes sense too, because age-wise, Ahsoka should be older by now too. Yeah. So like they should, they're probably rich. she's like right at the right age. So yeah, I'm looking forward to her portrayal and to seeing that storyline. And it also makes me want to watch uh, Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> this podcast ran forever. Final thoughts on episode three of the Mandalorian season two. Very good. <laughs> no, it was great. I liked it. I, I I think all of the episodes this season have been very strong. Um, they have good pacing. They keep me excited from beginning to end. And they like every time an episode ends, I really wish it was next week already so I could watch the next one. Yeah. How do you guys feel? Oh, uh, cousin. Before I ask this last question, uh, how do you? Uh, what were your final thoughts? Uh, I don't know. What? I didn't really have much input. Cut this out. <laughs> sure. I'm not cutting it out. Um. All right. So then, if that's the case, uh, before I do my final thought, last second question: What do you guys feel about the week-to-week uh, format so far? Like they did this last season too, but um, you know, a lot of people were upset at shows like The Boys for for delaying their thing throughout the for do episode by episode week to week. Um, do you think it's good or, or bad in, for Disney Plus to do episode drops as compared to the whole season? I like it. I like the okay. weekly episodes because, I don't know. I feel like when we binge stuff, we forget uh, what happens very easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I very much agree with that. Like, I... um oftentimes miss the uh the week by week release of episodes because as denise just said i i find it easier to remember things because i can excuse me 
I can, through that week leading up to the next episode, reflect upon the previous episode that I just watched. And I can go back and think about specific scenes and details. And I remember the story by chapters that way. Whereas when I binge something, the individual chapters will blend together. So, like, say I, I go back and rewatch a series that I binged, I'll say to myself, oh, I thought this happened several episodes later. Not right now, because I just, like, remember it as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also, from a business standpoint, it just makes more sense, because it, well, A, forces people to keep their subscription longer, and B, it it keeps the interest it um it maintains the interest for a longer Mm -hmm. period of time because as you know a lot of times when a show is released all together in one weekend um people are talking about it for like the first week and then it seems like everybody's forgotten it like whereas with this what I said the Umbrella Academy. I yeah. forgot we watched that this summer. Yeah. Um, whereas when you do it week by week, there's all that, that talk that gets generated. And then also it gives people time to, you know, just like I said before, reflect on the past episodes or to theorize about what's upcoming. And I, I don't know. I like it. But at the same time, I do enjoy binging because some shows the episodes end and you're like oh my god i gotta watch the next one and it's nice to be yeah. able to do that netflix designs a lot of their shows intentionally so you click next yeah. yeah um but it is nice to be forced to um to slow Wait. down and watch it week by week which actually i, I hear you said that. the same thing about records what what do you think christian um it's hard to say. Uh, I think Disney definitely had to do this. Um, di- ever since COVID started, Disney had this long game planned, and I've talked about it many times on this podcast and in my articles, um, where Disney knows that it c- can't produce as much as... or it, It's at a point where it's like behind in the game of like shows that are being massively produced, uh, like on NBC, uh, Peacock, mm-hmm. on uh, Netflix, very obviously, and Amazon. Like They all are kind of ahead of the curve. So... Disney has a couple titles that they're prepping to come out, mm-hmm. right? Mandalorian is their consistent one, so they, that, and that's doing fantastic. That's the whole reason I think most people have Disney Plus at this point. Yeah. Uh, then the Marvel Avengers t- stuff is, which is they're planning to immediately after this, uh, is is like their next phase in terms of TV production. And then they have like some exclusives and some some stuff in the Disney Vault and Disney Plus, but for the most part, original content. Uh, they're they're stemming it because they don't have that much. Mm-hmm. They, 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 pretend like they're going to but so far we yeah, haven't seen I mean, much as soon as um season one of the mandalorian was over i canceled my account because i we weren't using it there wasn't anything to watch next exactly and it's funny that you say that because you're not the only one i know that that did that like i, I think a majority of people i knew canceled mm-hmm. their their disney plus accounts because a they think disney makes too much money and everyone's the quarter of all media which is true mm-hmm. disney please buy my <laughs> Give me a job, Disney. Uh, but yeah, D- Disney. You know, they because they don't have as many shows. They need to stem their release stuff, and then like uh, they're they're spacing it out, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But they they plan this from for a while, knowing they didn't have a lot, especially because of COVID. 
that they were going to delay things as long as possible till like it was that peak bad situation, which is kind of what we're at in terms of a country uh, for COVID. And uh, they have content yeah. like through the pipeline, like that. that and it's it's genius because now they can pretty much go up with the best mm-hmm. of them when everyone's starting to run short of content or desperately shooting new things because they're going to run out. Mm-hmm. Soon. So it was a smart call. It was a smart call by Disney all around. I'm super looking forward to uh, WandaVision, which is going to happen, I think, like a month after Mandalorian wraps. I wonder if they're going to release the Black Widow movie through Disney+, Plus because when is it coming out? When will people be able to see it, you know? Well, that's the thing, is the um, Phase 4 is planned for, I believe, February, March. And as weird as it sounds, from thanks to the switch in regime... Uh, <laughs> At this point, if if you're a Trump supporter and for some reason still listening, I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, because of that, uh, they're 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 in talks to do a four to six week uh, government uh, shutdown, which would be great, honestly. Um, like it'll be kind of like it was in March, but like if you do that combined with the vaccine deployment simultaneously, we might actually finally be defeating this COVID thing, which is fucking fantastic. I I hope it happens. Um, but theoretically speaking, if you can get your numbers that far down and then start immunizing the people who haven't caught it yet, and then I guess people, you know, just, just, just give it the vaccine to as many people that are healthy as possible, you should be able to keep the numbers down, in theory. We'll, we'll see if it works, but that's kind of the goal. Uh, and the reason I emphasize all of this information about, you know, politics and COVID is because it actually has to do a lot with Disney's plan, which is pretty much... Like every major studio is trying it, but Disney's really good at this kind of thing. They're planning to get all this stuff crap, all this stuff rolling the second things normalize. And right now, that projection's looking for around somewhere between uh, or mid spring to like summer, uh, which would be like somewhere between March and like June, July ish, which is exactly when <laughs> Disney's rolling at phase four. Please don't say it's a conspiracy and leave a comment <laughs> saying, I knew it, the real media is in charge of the corona. Uh, but like, yeah, the the idea is um, they're they're planning for this next phase, uh, regardless. And at worst, they get pushed back like a month or two. Yeah. But I do think Black Widow will be out uh, definitely by March. Whew, sorry, that was a long winded way of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, and and, and it actually it fits perfectly because once WandaVision wraps, mm-hmm. if it starts like I think mid January is what they're saying, it'll wrap probably around uh, mid March. Uh, which is perfect because that that should be around the time when Phase Four begins, mm-hmm. and more importantly, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. There you go. Um, which, if the timeline's still continuing, should be happening around then, if not then, then early April, which is like just two weeks after. So, huh. yeah, it, it's Disney's got a really good plan because uh, everyone's going to want to go do stuff normally again, and uh, Disney's going to drop all the things. It's like, hey, you guys missed all this. Here you go. Here, have your nostalgia binge. Have fun. So, um, super excited personally because I'm a huge Avengers fan. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> that was a long one to take. Um, fi- final thoughts on Mandalorian. Have we? Have yeah, we, we did that. I thought that's what we, we were did. Doing. That okay. Wow. All right. Um, this is an extra long podcast special. Uh, I mean, you're gonna cut yeah. a lot out, right? I, that's going to take me... I'm going to probably spend all of tomorrow morning uh, editing this one, because this was much longer than I thought it would be. Uh, Someone had to talk about to their car. I was talking about <laughs> Mando's <laughs> ship, and how he needs I'm to take care that. of it. <laughs> and, um, should, I, should I send uh, you a screen grab of uh, John and his car? 
if you want like it's up to you if you want an up on work print <laughs> i'm okay with it but it's, it comes down to you know do you want strangers yeah, to see yeah, that? I, I don't i don't want strangers to see that okay if anything i'll, like, pu- I'll put like, that on my instagram yeah i was gonna say like well i mean if anything you could just give your instagram handle if you really want them to see it but yeah uh <laughs> all right so we did i guess the final thoughts and stuff i'm trying to think we're i guess that's kind of it right and then just do the outro and I, I, I want to say I don't know if I gave final thoughts of this episode, but to be honest, we've been talking about it for so long, my brain's just complete mush. Um, if I didn't, real quick, it was awesome. And right. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, all right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, my name's Christian. You can follow me on theworkprint.com. Uh, you can follow me on xn underscore angelus on uh, what is it? Twitter, <laughs> social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram, and then uh, Christian Angelus writer on Facebook. Do you guys have anywhere you want to pl- anything you want to plug or any socials handles that you want people to follow? Um, if you want to see my cool Instagram account that hasn't been updated in months, my handle is Johnny Cakes Bakes. Johnny spelled with J. Oh yeah, Johnny spelled J O N N Y. There's no H in that shit. Um, All right, now I'm gonna get a bunch of weirdos following me. He just insulted your listeners. Well, no, 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 no. I'll get, like, cool people following me, too. But I'm sure there'll be some weirdos out there. I mean, I'm a weirdo. (laughs) We'll just... We weirdos will just follow each other. That should be my my new, uh... (laughs) Like, not call sign, but, like, my my closing line. Weirdos, let's follow each other. (laughs) Take that however Um, you want. And only the wrong way is possible. (laughs) Uh, all right. And uh, did you have a handle too, or? Yeah. Eh, you don't have to follow me. Nah. It's just pottery and knitting. Right, so people like that stuff. Nah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. This was a super long one. I'll try cutting and editing as much as I can. Uh, the next episode will be the mid-season finale. I have some special guests for that particular podcast. A couple authors actually that write books and stuff. So I'll be breaking down stories with them, uh, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. Um, we got four more in the pipeline and, uh, the Robert Rodriguez episode, which I'm really looking forward to. So thanks for tuning in and have a wonderful time with your frog babies. (laughs) 